Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In a small Manitoba hospital, a car crash victim survives a catastrophic accident. His bizarre anatomy defies nature and puzzles scientists. Join Leah Greenhog, an M-Epic agent played by Becca, and Adam as the handler as troubling discoveries are made in search of answers. Love the Skin You're In is an M-Epic Delta Green scenario written by Melonbread. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with our releases. There you will also find a link to our Discord chat. We would love to see you there. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. Hey everybody and welcome. This is going to be another Delta Green duet. I'm here with Becca right now and we're going to be playing the scenario Love the Skin You're In by Melonbread. And also want to give a thanks to user British on the Night at the Opera Discord for providing some awesome pre-gen characters. So yeah, uh, we're just going to get into it. Hoping this will be some fun here. This is going to be an M-Epic game. So this is going to be taking place using the Canadian Mythos Group M-Epic as opposed to the American Mythos Group Delta Green. So Becca is going to be playing Leah Greenhog. I believe that's how you say the last name. That was my best guess too. I was either Greenhog or Greenhall, and the GH is silent at the end. Cool. So anything you wanted to mention about uh, Leah? Yeah, so Leah is a woman in her 30s. She's been married for several years, part of this organization for at least the last five And she's very career driven. Like this has been a big focus and something that she cares about quite a lot, just day to day. She also cares quite a bit about her husband. But recently things have just started kind of getting into a rhythm and almost kind of a boring rhythm for her to the point where she's just like, she wakes up in the morning and it's the same kind of dreary thing going on. I'd say she's probably about five, six in height, shortish blonde hair. And a little bit over overweight, but still fit enough to be able to do what she needs to do. It's just she's not taking as good of care of herself as she could be. But despite falling into this rhythm, like she's she's trying to push herself out of that. So Leia, you are driving in the car with your husband right now. And it's a Saturday afternoon. You guys have just gotten brunch together and you're kind of enjoying this nice leisurely drive the two of you are taking. Uh, Your husband, Jonathan, somebody who's very, very dear to you, he's driving the family Jeep that you guys have. It's kind of like a Jeep Wrangler SUV. You can kind of read that he's very comfortable. You guys just enjoyed a very nice dinner together, or not dinner, brunch. And you're feeling nice and full, having just enjoyed each other's company and good food, and good conversation, you start to feel your phone uh, ringing in your purse, and you wonder if you should even get it, because you and Jonathan are engaged in a pretty good conversation right now. I let it ring once as I grab for my Tim Hortons cup and drink a big swig of coffee, just to give me a little bit of a pause to think, should I get it? Should I not? I'm really enjoying this. But then at that last moment, before it goes to like that last ring and voicemail, she puts her cup down, pulls out her phone. And she says, just a moment, John. And she'll answer it. 
Hello, this is Leah. Leah, this is Ed. Ed Braddock. So you know Ed as one of your contacts with, we'll just say the program. That's kind of like Delta Green terminology, but you don't really have like a a word, official term for like what, what you do, you know? It's just kind of like, this is a friend you have from the group. And you know that when he calls you, it's about that type of work. What you know about Ed, he's a 45-year-old guy. He is a he is a police officer. He's an Ontario cop that has been doing work for the group for just a little bit longer than you have. He's a friend and confidant as far as this type of work goes. And it's not uncommon for him to call you about business or to call you to basically give you word from the chain of command to tell you where you're needed or where where you're supposed to go or something that you are maybe supposed to look into. Leah, are you there? Yeah. Hi, Ed. Are you free to talk right now? Uh, I'm I'm in the car. If you can make it real quick, what's what's going on? Uh, got something kind of weird happening in Manitoba. It's it's already made the news. Yeah, weird. How? Uh, I'm gonna just send you the the news video. It's maybe you should just see it for yourself. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to make you say too much. Sounds like you're in the car with somebody. Look, I'm just going to send you the video. Maybe you can watch it. And, uh, when you get to a quiet spot, give me a call back if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and send it and I'll, I'll look at it as soon as I can. Okay. Thanks, Leah. I'll be in touch. And you just, you hear him hang up. I Ed. <laughs> she hangs up and she'll, she'll turn to John and like, Hey, I know we had planned on going for a drive this afternoon, but I I think it's best that we just go home for now. It sounds like I might need to get ready to do some work. Work stuff, huh? And uh, one thing you know about Jonathan is he's always been very understanding of you having to do work stuff. He has always known that the type of job that you do, and by the way, what is it that Leah does? I think she's a um, psychologist, some sort of psychologist working for like some sort of government sector though. So he knows that like the type of work that you do is important and it could call you away at any time. He's never resented that. If anything, he has thought it's kind of cool that you do such important stuff and you've like, you always like that about him. Absolutely. And it's one of those things where I might get called off on a weekend, but there might be a couple days during the week where we get to spend a lot of time together so there's there's that payoff for having kind of this weird flexibility with the job. So while we might not have that traditional every Saturday and Sunday together, we get other time together that's very, very special to us. Opening your phone and your text messages, you see that Ed has sent you this CBC video. It's basically this news report about a car accident victim who not only managed to survive this, what should have been fatal crash, when doctors investigated him and checked him out, they found all of these very strange medical anomalies, mutations, these uh, defects that were just so astounding, things that have just not been seen in medical history. And it's just basically too big of a deal for this to not reach the press. And typically the type of things that you work with, ideally you deal with them before they get to this level of public knowledge. For Ed to be sending you something that's already made it to the news, 
is very unusual because what can you really do about something that's already become public knowledge? Basically, this man was injured in an accident. They brought him in to try to save his life. And when these doctors opened him up and looked at him, they were amazed. They all just wanted to like write books on this because it's like the craziest thing that they had ever seen. So media attention followed pretty shortly after. The really the first thing that crosses her mind when she sees this is, okay, first off, this is really, really weird. But because of her psychology background, she's not really sure what to think about him and where this person's at. That's a really traumatic event to go through a severe car crash, but then to have all this media attention for something that he probably doesn't have a lot of control over. So like she's already trying to think about where this person is in their mindset and already trying to empathize with them as best she can. Is there any information about this person besides they were in a car crash and now something really weird's going on with them? Like she'll actually take some time to look through you know how on videos they'll have like little articles underneath and she's like really trying to read that at the moment. You get one name from the video, Abraham DeGroot. You start to see on your phone as you're watching the video, those three dots near where the message messages are that indicate that somebody is typing. And you see that Ed sends you a little bit more information on Abraham DeGroot. And you find out that he is part of a Mennonite community. Basically, you get this kind of like brief snippet of information about Abraham de Groot. And he writes that he's part of this group called the Love Feast Mennonites. It's a just small Manitoba Mennonite group. You see that uh, Ed is still kind of texting you. And Jonathan is in the car, kind of not really paying attention to you still being like looking at stuff on the phone. He just sees it as, well, you're busy looking into this work stuff and that's fine if you continue to look at it. He's continuing to drive you home and he's still trying to just make the most out of you two being together. Ed is typing just what he was able to find out about DeGroot, which is not a lot. DeGroot is a member of this Mennonite group, but he's kind of like an estranged member. He doesn't really live the same lifestyle that the people in his group live. He drives a truck. He dresses very normally. This is what Ed was able to find out from looking into police reports. He's been arrested on several drug charges before. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, I was really surprised when you said drug charges. I'm like, whoa, that's not something that you normally see with all of that. So we have this really weird car accident something's changed in this person but this person was kind of weird to an outlier from their community to begin with and so leia will actually take the time now that she kind of knows what the situation is she'll put her phone back in her purse for a little bit and just try to enjoy the rest of the car ride home with john because she knows that she's gonna have to get moving here pretty quick and just jumping right into action and figuring out what the next step in the process is. Let's cut ahead to about three hours later. You and John are at home right now. John is kind of moseying about the kitchen, just sort of 
putting things away and like snacking on a piece of celery. And he's kind of watching you as you put your things together, probably knowing that you're going to have to leave for at least a day, maybe two days. You never really know what's going to happen. And he knows that too. And he's cool. He's not bummed. He's not like moping or anything. He's just like watching you. And he's just like, so do you know where you're going? Yeah, I'm headed to, I think, Manitoba. Oh, man. What are you going to do out there? Uh, Look at the cows? (laughs) Oh, I'll count them for you, too, if you'd like. She just kind of gives him a wink with that. But uh, no, there's there's some kind of weird car accident that happened. And she'll actually share the video with him since it's already public knowledge. And whether or not like this is kosher within her specialized group, she will share certain things with him occasionally. Not Never really the full truth, but just kind of enough to be like, hey, this is kind of weird, something. But leave out the any really weird details so that he knows sort of what's going on. And would you say that Leah has maybe like seen gotten a taste of the weird before? She's definitely helped people who I would imagine has actually experienced it firsthand and it's just like she's experienced it enough that maybe she's almost started to see that outer layer of it. So she hasn't gotten a full-blown experience herself yet, but she knows that there's something a little bit more out there. Yeah, I I think that's kind of where she stands. And yeah, so you tell Jonathan every now and then, you tell him just enough, because it feels good to share with somebody that you're close to, and it helps you to make sense of it all. Maybe that's why you've been able to do this type of work is because you have somebody like Jonathan that you can go home to at the end of the day and you can actually talk to him about stuff. And you don't tell him things that is going to make his life difficult because you understand that the weight of those truths can be hard for a person to manage. So you don't unload them onto Jonathan, but you do confide in him certain things. And uh, that helps you, helps you make sense of it. Oh, absolutely. He's very much a grounding factor in her life. I'd say he's just very emotionally stable himself. And so in some ways, like she relies on that. But then on the other hand, like, again, with being not the telling everything, she doesn't want to compromise him of that because she wants to be able to come back to that and have that and know that he's going to be there. So I'd say that their, their relationship is very strong for what she does. So when you're just about ready to go and you're in the family Jeep, basically it's you and John's Jeep. You don't have any children together yet, but you've definitely thought about it. You know, you know that John is the person that you want to spend forever with. That's never been like a, a doubt. So this is the family Jeep very much. Uh, And right before you're about to drive off, you see that John knocks on the window and gives you a a hot thermos of coffee for the ride and maybe like a small bag of snacks. And he wishes you well and you drive off. Before she drives off, like she'll roll down the window and she'll just like, oh, thank you, sweetie. And she takes both the items and gives him a a quick peck on the cheek. And so like he sees you off and uh, you get going. And like once you break away from the home life, that's when you kind of start to 
kick into this more serious person who you kind of go into work mode and you start to think about your assignment and like what what are the details of this so you probably are either being called or calling ed right away to just talk about where am i going what what's this what's that and uh but you kind of wait until you drive a little bit away from the house because you don't want us you don't want to mix and in fact like she'll go to the biggest um She'll she'll go to a big shopping center parking lot that's kind of not too far out of the way because she doesn't know exactly what direction she's going, but just enough to like hop onto a main road and start going wherever she needs to go. So she'll she'll pull out her phone and hook up some kind of Bluetooth that she has going on so she can drive at the same time and she'll dial Ed's number real quick. And it's kind of funny how this car sort of becomes your office on these types of outings. And this is kind of how it always is. It's like you never really know where you're going. You basically get the instructions and you use this car as like a base. You'll have all your documents here. You have like a computer if you need to use a computer and like in your bag or something. And you can type in a GPS and just go. So many times it's just been that. Just they tell you something and you put it in your GPS and you go there and you deal with it. And then you go home and you try to still be the, the same person you were when you left. but that's the handful of times you've done this. This is this is how it is, and this is how you're comfortable with it. So you're sitting in this parking lot of this big store, and, and you can see just the people around wheeling carts, not paying you any mind because they're too busy with their lives. And you start calling Ed. He answers pretty quickly. Hey, Leah. Hey, Ed. Are you en route I... to Manitoba? Up. Uh- just about ready to jump on the road right now. I was hoping you could give me a little bit more details as we as I get started. Okay, sounds good. Uh, look, I'm going to give you the address to the hospital. I'm just going to text that over to you right now. I wanted to tell you about what they found in this actual medical investigation because it's kind of weird. Okay, okay, give me a second. And she'll, as soon as that message pops through, she'll put it into her GPS and start getting on the main road. And because I'm assuming that Manitoba is a drive from wherever she is. And once she gets on that straight shot, she's like, okay, Ed, let me know what's going on. So we have a friendly in the, in the hospital where DeGruy got sent. They gave him a physical and the kind of shit that they found is pretty weird. His liver looks like it's a mix of his liver and some kind of liver transplant. And it's bizarre because there's no medical records of him ever getting a liver transplant. So that alone is pretty weird, right? Absolutely. How can you get a liver transplant and have it be completely off the books? That's something that's bugging me. And I don't know, I've, I've heard of like urban legends where somebody wakes up in a, in a bathtub with one kidney and it's full of ice and they have like a message to call 911 or whatever, but... I don't think that type of thing happens in real life. And you know that he's a cop who's open to the out of the box ideas, I guess. He's the kind of guy that would say it's a UFO or, you know, that would suggest it's maybe something weird. And maybe that's why he made his way into the group. Maybe that's why, maybe it's his open mind that makes him a part of this. But at the same time, you Mm -hmm. also find it to where he just kind of like leans into these off the wall ideas 
instead of trying to take a more logical approach to problems. Okay. Okay. So he, he mentions that idea and she's just like, oh yeah, that's, that's really crazy. Not really wanting to engage too much with it because she doesn't, I mean, transplants and how that procedure goes, is it really her forte, even though she might have some awareness of it? So Ed, what, what else is weird? Cause I, I don't imagine that that's the only thing that's going on here. Oh, it's not. This guy is a total medical anomaly. Okay, his pancreas, the doctors are saying it's installed backwards. What the hell does that mean? I I kid you not. This is what the guy told me when I talked to him. Installed backwards. They said the spleen is on the wrong side. He has two hearts. Something is not right with this person. And honestly, he has... He has two hearts. That's something you lead with. What the hell, Ed? Yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose you're right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure I really believe any of it. I know they're doctors, but I mean, that's that doesn't even happen with animals, right? I mean, I ugh, I'm not a scientist, but it's just so wrong. And how how is this? How we find out about this? We find out from the news. We find out from one plant we have. This is embarrassing. I mean, uh, if this car crash didn't happen, there's really no way that we would have known something was going on. This, I mean, two hearts. And he's still functioning. This Abraham's, like, he's actually having conversations with people. It's, I mean, he's alive. So he's alive. They gave him care and, you know, they, they gave him medical treatment and, he springs back to life and he immediately wants to get discharged because he's saying it's against his religion to receive this kind of medical care and whatnot. I mean, the doctors, they don't want to let him go. This is just too big of a deal to let him go, but it's one of these things where we don't know if it's like within rights to keep him. And I, we just need to get down there as soon as we can. We need one of us down there as soon as we can to try to get a handle on this whole situation. So, oh boy, is he still in the hospital currently or has he been allowed to leave? He's still there as of now. They haven't allowed him to discharge himself, but I'm not sure how they can keep him. I mean, if he's okay and he's demanding to leave, they're probably going to have to let him leave at some point. And I mean, as interesting as he is, I guess he's not under any obligation to be studied. I, I mean, I yeah. just, look, I've been driving around for hours just trying to make sense of this. I've been asking to head down myself, but they said just you. I'm, this is definitely the strangest incident that I've dealt with, but I mean, it's kind of in my wheelhouse. Maybe you could talk to him. Maybe you could convince him. I don't know. Maybe not, maybe not even convince him. Maybe you can just find out something. I, you're good at oh. talking to people. You're good at getting people to open up. You're good, at, you're good at that. Maybe you can work that magic on him. What do you think, Leah? Thanks, Ed. Um, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, I, regardless of what he believes personally, I imagine it's kind of a shock to hear that, hey, you have two hearts. I mean, he might not even believe them. <sighs> so, yeah. Maybe he already knows. Mm, quite possibly. 
Who's who's our contact there at the hospital? Guy by the name of Todd McCowan. He's not a doctor. He's just an orderly. But he's a friend of ours because he's seen some stuff. He's had his his ear to the place ever since uh, DeGroote got admitted. He happened to just catch this information before before the, the press and the media got involved. Uh, it's kind of a big deal for the hospital, too. They kind of want to get their lawyers involved. Well, yeah, this is patient confidentiality. Whoever leaked that's going to be in big trouble. <sighs> okay, so do, do you have a contact number for Todd? Uh, yeah, I can give you one. I'm going to shoot it over to you. And he sends you like a, you know, when you send somebody a contact and you just see it's like the name, phone number sent via text message. You can go ahead and call him. Just uh, make sure you explain yourself. He's kind of easily spooked. He's not. So like out of character really quick, Delta Green has uh, what they call friendlies. And those are people that are not part of the program, so to speak, but they're kind of just like civilians that are kind of like more trusted or more on the inside. They're like civilian informants, basically. Maybe there's somebody that is like a friendly to the program and they're kind of in the know and they might be like a cop or like an EMT or something and they find out about stuff and they're not really the ones that go ahead and deal with it, but they tell the group, they tell Delta Green, they tell MEPIC so that they can go ahead and deal with it before it gets out of control. A lot of times these are people that are not really suited to deal with the unnatural on their own. Maybe they're too fragile to actually confront unnatural threats, but they still want to help. So they're friendlies and they're not agents. Great. Thanks, Ed. Uh, any, any other information that I need to go know before I jump into this? That's about it. That's about all I know. I'm not really sure what we're hoping to get out of this, to be honest. We just need one of our own to, to be there. Just so, at the very least, we can know what happened, or we can know how this is going to play out. We like to be the first to know, not the last to know, and we're already too late on that. So, hopefully, you being there can uh, can give us an edge on this situation. Oh, definitely. You know me. I'm going to figure out, to the best of my ability, what's going on, and I'll keep you updated. It's, I mean, I, I don't know what we expect to get from all of this, but information is probably our first first stop. I went ahead and booked you a motel next to the hospital. I'm not sure how long you're going to have to be there, but this way here, you know, at least you'll have a a home base where you can set set your stuff down. I'm hoping this goes easy for you. I really am. I I'm sorry to have interrupted whatever you had going on. Thanks, said you really know how to look after me. I appreciate it. How's John? <laughs> John's doing well. Um, a little sad that this cut our weekend short, but it is what it is sometimes. He's um been yeah, um he's he's been getting into his hobby lately with um, you know, building birdhouses. I don't know what it is about it, but just being able to construct them together, he's he's happy. Yeah, we all need our our birdhouses, I guess. Well, our our equivalent, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm going to let you go. Why don't you give me a call when you get settled in? Okay. I'm going to give you Todd's information. He can, he can probably let you know what to do once you get into the hospital. 
I want you to talk to Abraham and I don't know how difficult it's going to be. I don't know how, how tight they're keeping him in there, but Todd should be able to help with that. Great. Thanks, Ed. I'll talk to you later. Bye. And she'll like just kind of quickly and abruptly end the conversation. So it's about nighttime when you're driving now. I don't really know where you are, but in Canada is so huge. Like you could be on one. I don't even know, but We'll say that like you're about like three hours away from you know either the hospital or this motel that's supposedly really close to the hospital, and it's pretty it's getting pretty dark. You're starting to feel that kind of like that punchiness from just having been driving for so long from you know you talked to Ed on the phone maybe an hour or two ago, but you're starting to feel kind of that sense of like loneliness and and feeling of being cooped up because you haven't really talked to a person in a few hours. And it's kind of like, all you see is just like the, the lights from the cars that are passing and this kind of like busy, busy traffic in the night. I don't even know if you have the radio on because it's maybe gotten to the point where you've been driving for so long that you're kind of sick of everything. Yeah. Um, I was actually, originally I was thinking that I would just call Todd right after I finished with Ed, but it makes sense that she would take the time to like music off as she's driving, kind of processing all the information first and mulling over the details that she knows before she would even make that first step of calling Todd. Um, Because really when she gets settled, literally the next day, she just wants to jump into the situation and find out what's going on. And since Todd's kind of, the he knows the hospital and he's a friendly that he would be the best person to be like oh yeah and i'm your colleague i'll show up like she just wants to make that connection so then the first thing in the morning she can connect with him and have maybe a full conversation yeah exactly and you kind of get this very sobering feeling as you start to get closer to the motel it's it's like this sense of just being very alert because you're really kicking into gear. You're really kicking into this. This type of work requires all of your focus, all of your all of your abilities, and you kind of are able to hone in. You feel that it's this feeling is stronger the closer you get, the more it ready gives, you feel. Yeah, it gives her that sense of purpose. You know how I earlier talked about like she's just kind of in this weird lull of stuff but when she gets these phone calls and she needs to go do something she just instantly she knows what she needs to do and she has that confidence to go and do it versus her day-to-day life where it's a little bit more like who knows what's going on now she's she's very much ready to jump into this so yeah um Assuming that she's had that, she's at least introduced herself to Todd, said, hey, you know, I'd like to meet you in the morning. What kind of coffee do you like? Um, they had that kind of conversation. She makes her way to the hotel and gets ready to crash for the evening. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to totally gloss over the conversation with Todd, but oh. we'll say that you you called him. He was He was happy to hear from you. Ed had definitely told him that somebody else in the group was going to be giving him a call with the intention of getting into the hospital. You arrive at a Marriott hotel. It's kind of a little bit nicer than your typical like motel. The group has 
a little bit of fun to spend when it comes to uh, boarding its agents and stuff like that. You're able to get a semi-decent, comfortable hotel room. It's pretty late when you check in, about 2 a.m. Yeah, you see this kind of decrepit guy who's working the, the counter and you can tell he hasn't had anybody check in or out in a very long, you know, in very many hours. So he's just kind of like, oh, hey, and, you know, he runs your card and information and stuff. And he seems very much out of it. And you take the elevator up to your room. Seems very clean. You throw your stuff down and you're just exhausted from the drive, really. I mean, doing the bare minimum, brushing teeth, washing face, putting on the pajamas and then climbing into bed. And she she only knows that she's going to get a few hours of sleep because she wants to get started on this early, probably intending on being at the hospital about nine o'clock in the morning. So, you know, she's there at two, probably about 2.30, maybe three o'clock before she could finally fall asleep. Um, she's not getting a lot of sleep tonight. I, I think she wants to wake up at, I definitely would want to wake up at like, um, I don't know, seven. So. Yeah, she's going to be tired in the morning, double double fist in the coffees. And you can see that there's that kind of cheap plastic coffee maker that they have set up there with like the two kind of crummy, just like bags of, of coffee you can pour into it and make. And there's just like a few other little small bar of soap or whatever. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's the coffee that she gets for like first thing that she wakes up just to kind of get her system get started. her to the coffee basically. yeah exactly exactly it's just enough to get her there to the good stuff maybe um yeah so she'll she'll go when she wakes up in the morning she'll go about her routine she'll put on like a professional outfit you know kind of that um dark suit so it's like um, a blazer and uh, dark gray blazer, dark gray plants, and she'll have like a bright pink top that kind of just kind of peeks through it a little bit. And, you know, she's just making herself as professional looking as possible and getting ready to get into the hospital and have, get her coffee. Coffee's very important. <laughs> that brings up a good point. What does Leah look like? So she has kind of short, maybe shoulder, like straight blondish maybe like dirty blonde hair um, that she, well, yeah, she'll, she'll keep it down. Um, she's about five, six in height. So a little bit, a little bit shorter. And she's clearly doesn't like work out a ton because she's a bit overweight, but not, not enough that, you know, she's wearing kind of loose clothing. You wouldn't really notice that. Um, but if it's been a while and the sh- things are like, maybe her blazer doesn't, clothes properly like you could see it's a little bit of a stretch so she doesn't really like to button it too much um because she doesn't want to be too restrictive but she hasn't focused on buying new clothes in a while so yeah she's she's got she's got a little bit of a belly she likes to wear heels so um that's awesome i love it okay <laughs> so yeah the next day like you wake up you feel that sort of coldness and uncomfortableness of just when you are just yanked from sleep just into the harshness of morning and you try to you try to numb it a little bit by having some coffee to get ready for the coffee you know as you get yourself ready and and put on your clothes and whatnot and you've already reached out to Todd earlier so he's uh gonna be expecting you and I don't know 
we'll just say wherever you we'll just decide now what what the plans were and we'll say that like that was uh what was agreed upon he can either meet you in the in the hotel uh because the hotel does have like a a dining area they offer oh, yeah. free continental breakfast yes probably uh you know, be. get him in on that <laughs> Uh, alternatively, you could meet him somewhere else. You could meet him at the hospital. Uh, whatever you want to do, we can we can just retcon and say that uh, yeah, like that's what you guys talked about, and that's oh, absolutely. Doing. So I was imagining that like I would go get breakfast, get those copies, and I'd meet him at the hospital. Probably just send him a text when I get into the main lobby. Like, there's not really. I'm assuming there's not really a big check in, so just because there's always people coming and going from hospitals. So she's just trying to, you know, be nondescript at the moment while she waits for him in the lobby with the two. What, like, she'll actually have a copy for him. And you know that DeGroot is in the Percy E. Moore Hospital. And it's a, it's like one of the few hospitals in, in Manitoba. And it's not, you know, this isn't like a, a huge area. This is rural Manitoba. So there's not really like this huge 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 hospital um so you don't expect that it's going to be too tightly wrapped up there like you should be able to you should be able to get in with just bullshit alone but even if you weren't able to you do have like ids and stuff like that like official official stuff that could maybe help you get in you know what i mean you could maybe use your bureaucracy to to try to force your way in yeah but no no that's that's actually what I'd like to do is um, she'll like have that very black lanyard that's a little bit thick. So it's noticeable that she has something like a badge on the end that shows kind of her picture. And it looks very maybe nondescript for hospitals, but just shows that, hey, you know, ID, clearly somebody who should be here. And if she knows where Todd usually is, that she'll just like walk straight there. And if somebody even bothers to stop her, she'll be like, oh, I'm here to see you know, Todd and like, yeah. So she's, she's just going straight, straight for it. Then instead of waiting for him to come to her. Hello folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want. Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. 
We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire Districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more.